whether we're ready for it or not, Lent is almost here. And some of us are ready for it. Some of us have kind of a love-hate relationship with Lent. But most of us know that we're supposed to be transformed by Lent. And so we give up our alarm clocks, we take on extra prayer time, we put away our coffee makers for 40 days. Well, some of you do that, not me, because my sacrifice isn't supposed to be the sacrifice my family takes on. But what if Lent wasn't about giving up our chocolate or our wine or our Dr. Pepper? Don't get me wrong, those are really good sacrifices, especially for me. And practicing mortification is important. It's good to remember that where we are here on earth is not our forever home. But what if Lent this year is a season of engaging the things that are deeper in our own hearts? What would Lent look like for you if it were a time of healing those deeper parts of your heart? Hey there, welcome to Letters to Women. This is a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women, and what growing in that looks like in our ordinary daily lives. This is a space where we celebrate the stories of others and the small and big ways that God is working in their lives. My name is Chloe Langer, and today I am sitting down with Sister Miriam James Heidland. She's recently written a guided Lenten prayer journal called Restore to help you stop trying to go around or underneath or over the cross, but instead to go through it with Christ this Lenten season. If you're longing for a season of healing and you're ready to move past telling Jesus what you're going to give for Lent and truly start listening to his invitation into the deeper parts of your story where he wants to encounter you, sister, this letter's for you. If you pick up a copy of Sister Miriam's new book, Restore, through Ave Maria Press after listening to this episode, make sure to use the promo code RESTORE, that's all caps, for free standard shipping, and that code expires on April 15th, 2022. Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by The Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women. Each quarter, Erica curates unique and gorgeous Catholic items around a spiritual theme, It is so much fun to be a subscriber. I love getting this box in the mail, but it's also a blessing to the artists and creators and small businesses whose items get featured in these boxes. Their first quarter boxes ship to subscribers at the beginning of February, but they have a limited number of single boxes available for purchase. And listeners of this podcast get exclusive bonuses each month by visiting thelittlecatholicbox.com slash letters. They have something different offered each month for letters to women listeners. So head over again to thelittlecatholicbox.com slash letters to see what this month's bonus is. All right, let's dive into this conversation with Sister Miriam. Today, I'm welcoming Sister Miriam James Heidland to the podcast. Sister Miriam is a Catholic speaker who speaks extensively on the topics of conversion, authentic love, forgiveness, and healing. And she's the co-host of the Abiding Together podcast and the author of the best-selling book, Loved As I Am, a former Division I athlete who had a radical conversion and joined the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity in 1998. She shared her story on EWTN, The Journey Home, at numerous Sikh and Steubenville conferences, and at the USCCB's Convocation of Catholic Leaders. In addition to speaking, Sister Miriam has served in parish ministry and as the director of novices for her SALT community. And she's also served as assistant to both her provincial and general superiors. Sister Miriam, welcome back to the Letters to Women podcast. It is so good to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Chloe. I'm delighted to be back with you. I think we were just talking and it was been since 2018, I think. <laughs> yes, it's been a while. <laughs> it has. A lot has happened. It right? has. It's so true. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited to sit down and, and chat with you again. So tonight we're going to be ch- talking about Restore, which is this beautiful new Linton journal that you've written. And just talking about the challenges of healing from wounds and, and getting to the root of aches that we experience from things like fasting, learning a little bit more about the resources that you have created along with Ave Maria Pro- 
press in this Lenten season. But before we dive into Restore, could you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Sure. I uh, grew up Catholic, um, like a lot of people do. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and my mom and dad were wonderful, faithful Catholics. We went to Mass every Sunday, and uh, but I never fell in love with Christ. And I remember going to church because that's what we did. And, you know, there's certain, for me, it was more like a rule-based faith versus an encounter with the one who loves us. And so, um, I, you know, just kind of went through the, just went through the motions of that and, you know, had received the sacraments, but just never had my heart transformed by Jesus. And I was, as a little girl, I loved sports, even as a little girl. So I played sports a lot. I, you know, fell in love with sports and school and boys when I got older and signed a full ride volleyball scholarship to play volleyball at a division one university in the West coast. And I just, you know, wanted to pursue that dream. And I did. And when I was there, I also wanted to maybe one day work for ESPN. So I was pursuing a career in journalism and my life had two competing narratives, which was the the version and there were no cell phones back then because i'm old there was two competing versions of that of like which I think we all have these variations of what I wanted you to see which I carefully crafted kind of this image and then the real story and then because the real story was I just had a lot of unhealed trauma a lot of sexual trauma I was an addict by the time I was 21 just all kinds of things of just were happening in my life that I had never told anybody that were very secret and just also very um, toxic and just infecting my soul just out of deep places of sorrow and brokenness and what God did is uh, he sent a Catholic priest into my life that priest of, of I'd never met anybody who was so in love with Jesus Christ that was he was so compellingly beautiful in his love for Christ, it would emanate from him. And, you know, he was certainly not perfect and he had his own story and just a person like everybody else. But man, that man loved Jesus. And I, I just remember uh, looking at him one day after he'd been mentoring me for several years and he was like six foot two, like a man, a priest from India, just rather large and imposing man. And just his presence would fill the room. And I just remember looking at him one day and I, he was just radiant with Christ's love. It was stunningly beautiful. And I just said, Father, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what's happening right now, but I want that. Whatever that is, I want that. And he just smiled and he just looked at me and very wisely, he said, you come and see. And I did. And that was, you know, I've been in my religious community probably, gosh, what, 20, 24 years now. And uh, uh, that was really the beginning of my journey as a woman in many ways of over the course of many years, allowing the Lord to come and bring these places of my heart to the surface and just hitting bottom in places. And where just was like, I can't go on. And the Lord just opening doors for me. And so after entering religious life, just again, had a, like a deep place of like, I, I, I have to do something in my life. There's something not right. And just my heart was just still very broken. And that was really a seven, that was 17 years ago. And I've been on a 17 year journey of healing and restoration and sobriety and recovery and love and beauty and going to the depths with the Lord. And I take it very seriously. And I, I can honestly tell you that I hope, I hope that it never ends. I, I really hope I never get to a point where I look at Jesus and just say, that's enough. Like my heart's enough. I don't. I don't want to grow anymore in love with you. I don't want. I hope. I. I hope I do not ever get to that point because that's the day my heart dies. You know. So it's a mission. This is the the path of holiness, of the path of integration that we're all on, and it, it's worth it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's beautiful. Yes, this reminder that there's always some place deeper that the Lord wants to go with mm-hmm. us, so that He's not ever content with just the surface level, but that He wants to truly mm-hmm. get to know our hearts. Mm-hmm. I loved getting to know more about you through a new Linton journal that you've written called Restore, and it's published by Ave Maria Press, and it's illustrated beautifully by Valerie Delgado. Can you tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about what inspired you to write Restore, and and why is Lent? You speak into this in, in the introduction and throughout the book, the perfect time to engage the deeper parts of our heart 
Mm -hmm. Well, those are great questions. Um, I originally wrote my first book for Ave Maria Press almost almost 10 years ago now, and they have been um, asking me really ever since to write a second book. <laughs> and I I always just told my editor, I, I, I know there's a couple books inside my heart somewhere, but I, I don't want to write it until it it's resonates. I don't want to write a book to try to stay relevant or just try to, I just, I, it just, that felt odious to me. I want to write a book that really comes from my heart. And so I, there's a couple of projects over the years that I worked a little bit on, but nothing just really had yet to really deeply touch me until about a year ago um my editor approached me she's like all right here's my here's one more like what do you think about a, a lenten like a lenten journal she's like you can write about whatever you want but what, what would you think about just a small to kind of put your toe back in the water like a small book on lent and i and i mean i don't know about you but i i didn't grow up i didn't when i was growing up you know we did you know fasting and we you know do you do the lenten things as catholics but i did not know that actually those this, those disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which we inherit from the Jewish faith, those are actually instruments of healing for us. Those are these the direct remedy to the places in our lives that are broken. And so what Lent does is we go into the desert with Jesus. He leads us into the desert. We don't take ourselves into the desert. He leads us into the desert. And it's in these places through these disciplines, which that word D-I-S-C means student, right? Because we're students of love. We're students of Christ. We're students of life. It's in these places um, as we practice them that they have a transformative effect upon us as the Lord works in the deep places so prayer as you know in the garden adam and eve are ruptured in their sin their the original rupture is a rupture of relationship with god and so they are ruptured in their relationship within with themselves and god within themselves and then also with each other and so the disciplines the church gives us are actually remedies for healing of bringing us in a wholeness and communion prayer in our relationship with god fasting in our relationship with ourselves and almsgiving in our relationships with each other so it is the direct remedy for healing in the places where our hearts have been broken I love this phrase that you use that we don't take ourselves into the desert that the Lord leads us there. And how true is mm -hmm. that when it comes to the desert? That's usually the you always the place that I'm avoiding. I don't mm -hmm. really want to go there. And that's exactly <laughs> where Christ is saying, no, over here, this is where you need to be. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Isn't it so, I think so often in life, like even our healing journey where so often we think healing is fixing, like Jesus wants to come and fix us. Jesus does not want to come and fix us. Jesus wants to bring us in a wholeness and communion. So healing is not fixing. Healing is not, if I just work really hard enough, I'll finally be lovable enough for you to like me. That's not what healing is. It's, healing is a relationship. It's a journey of love. And because love never ends, love is always growing and our hearts are always coming into deeper union with Christ. And so, for, you know, so for often, many of us take on disciplines in Lent that we don't even pray about. We just like, I'm going to do this. And it's never like, Jesus, what are you asking of me? Like, and, and, and you know, sometimes we're very surprised at what the Lord says. Like, well, wh where would you like to lead me this year, this, this season, Lord, in deeper intimacy with you, with myself, within myself and with other people? Like, what are you asking? And so it's not up to us. Like, we don't have to figure it out. It's so wonderful. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to make ourselves get there. We don't have to scratch it ourselves. It's, it's us following the lead of the Holy Spirit who will lead us into transformation. This episode comes out right as we get ready to kick off the Linden season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For women who are listening and they're saying, okay, okay, the Lord's inviting me somewhere deeper. And, and maybe they have brought it to prayer or in prayer, they encounter this invitation. And maybe the gut reaction is, no, I don't want to go there. Uh, maybe out of mm -hmm. fear, maybe out of, of shame, whatever that initial kind of gut reaction is, how would you encourage them in that moment to grow in courage and trust and truly be able to enter into that desert this Lenten season? Those are, well, those are very tender places that you speak of, Chloe, and we all have them. And I think just to, first of all, if we could just honor our heart there and say, if there's a fear there, there's usually some sort of wound there. And I think 
instead of telling ourselves just to get over it, I mean, that, that those are the very places Jesus wants to, to spend time with us. So if we find that the Lord is inviting us to a certain place or even on this journey of healing or in a place where we're like, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But Jesus is like, okay, well, look, can I just sit with you right here? And can we just, can we just talk about that? Like, because there's a reason why our hearts are afraid. There's a reason why we have resistance. Like our hearts are always trying to tell us something. And so un- helping kind of understanding with the Lord of these, the places that we see on the surface are driven by it. And I talk a lot about that in Restore, like deep roots. And Jesus is not going to force us on this journey. He's not going to yank us along. He's not going to push us. He has no desire to, like we said, fix us. He has no desire to pry our fist open and make us accept something. Like his whole desire is to invite us into his own beautiful life. That's all he wants to do. And and are there times of that crucifixion? Yeah, like the, the, that way of the Paschal mystery of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ that we all live every single day in so many different parts of our life. But Christ is with us there. And that's that's what is healing. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today and we, we talk about suffering many times. And sometimes we look at suffering as like either is A, God going to heal me or B, am I just going to have to redemptively suffer? And like, well, how about both? How about both? Because healing, because suffering in communion is healing. It's when we suffer by ourselves and are isolated, which a lot of our sorrowful mysteries come from those places that is what is fragmenting but when we're suffering but we're in communion that actually brings healing and it brings efficacious grace into our life so no matter what no matter what it is jesus is not going to reveal anything he doesn't also wish to heal like he this is not a game to him he loves us so much and he knows our hearts better than we know ourselves and so he will gently lead us if we just if we allow him just allow him just to follow him he's just so kind the lord is just so kind yes and this isn't a game that's such a good reminder i think too often Mm -hmm. i think that the lord loves me like i love the lord but then also like i fail to love others that oh Mm -hmm. you know that that game of proving the worth or that game of do this and, and then i'll give you these things but that's not how jesus loves us no and yeah i appreciate your honesty there like don't we yeah don't we all have those places and yeah the lord just doesn't even think like that it's so wonderful isn't it like i love that he loves us the way he loves us like i'm so glad he doesn't love me the way i love him like it's like you said like it's like oh thank god (laughs) yes this is so great you know one of the challenges that comes with healing when it comes to encountering the parts of our stories where there are wounds and digging, like you said, into the roots of that is is feeling like there's this encounter with the same part of our story over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe especially for people who are listening who have entered into this journey of healing and maybe the Lord is, is inviting them into a, a part of their story where they thought they had been there before. And then there's this frustration of feeling like, oh, I'm here again especially if someone has put in so much time for their healing and not like, mm-hmm. like, like you, like you spoken to, not like the white knuckling, like I'm going to fix this, but mm-hmm. entering into that journey of healing and encountering things. What would you, what advice would you give if that's someone's experienced this land? Gosh, yeah. Don't we all know those places? And I think to understand that healing is not linear, it's cyclical and it has many paths and turns. And I, I really liken our hearts to a diamond and the diamond, I'm sure you have a beautiful diamond on your hand is, is a, a bride. And what makes a diamond sparkle and light is all the cut facets on the face of the diamond. And our hearts are really like that. We have so many different facets and Jesus loves us so much. He's going to come to every facet and he's going to come as often and as much as he needs to, to bring us into communion there. So for us, it feels like, oh my gosh, I love this again. Like, like this again, but I'm wondering if instead of that, like I, I, it's, it's a challenge to me too, at times of like, Lord, really? Cause I, I really, you know, all of us, I think have one, like one or two or three kind of massive breakpoints in our foundation where there's like these patterns that 
to set the trajectory of our life. And there's certain like deep etchings of sorrow, like suffering that we have. And there's, I think everything else is like variations on a theme <laughs> after that, you know, like all of us have that. But, but I think I, I'm wondering like for us, instead of like that mentality of like, oh gosh, this again, like, what does it mean I failed? Or does it doesn't mean any of that? Just that Jesus loves us so much. I'm like, okay, Lord, you want to love me here again? Like you want to free me here. You want to, you want to set me free. You want to, to speak the truth to me. And so it's never the same. Like, like Aslan says to Lucy, like things never happen the same way twice. And it might feel like us to, it's the same, but when Jesus comes to visit something again, it is, it is never the same thing. And these are these are deep places of humility and poverty for us. And I, those are sacred. Those are holy places that the Lord reverences so deeply. So I think just allowing that continual process to take place and whatever God is asking us to do, whatever he's asking us to release, to surrender, to face, to walk through. And it, and we do in those places, we learn and grow. And, and that's how we grow. It's through his love. Yes. It reminds me of the Henry Nouwen quote where he talks about how your healing is not a straight line. And I think that's Amen. that's such a desire. I think when we go enter into these these places to heal and have the Lord heal us is this it's A to B and then once I get to B, oh, I will be done. And that's yes. not healing. It's not the straight line. Mm-hmm. And yeah, letting go of that expectation for it to be that straight line, I think is is a step towards like you said, the cyclicalness of healing, which I think is mm-hmm. so beautiful to enter in the wisdom of the church in Lent, where every year Lent comes right back around. It's like here yes. we are again, um, and this mm-hmm. in this chance to enter into yeah the mystery of the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. Like you said, it, it's not the same the same thing year after year because because we change and we grow and and learn more of our about ourselves and who the Lord is inviting us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and amen to it, isn't it? Isn't it so good we grow? I believe I think it's in Luke chapter two verse fifty two where after Jesus you know, is like lost in the temple and Mary and Joseph come and find him, you know, and he says he he went down to Nazareth and he was obedient to them. And Jesus grew, Jesus grew in age and in stature and in wisdom before God and men. And it's, it's good that Jesus grew too. (laughs) So it's good that it is good that we grow. And I think all of us kind of get to a point and we, you know, we kind of adults and we say, oh my gosh, shouldn't I be on this or why am I acting like this? And it's just, it's so wonderful that we continue to grow like in every way. You write really beautifully about fasting in Restore, and I love how you go through different ways that our hearts respond to fasting when we give things up, what, regardless of what that sacrifice is. How can the ache that we experience during those times of fasting and, and seeing the way that we, we respond to that ache help us truly get to the root of that wound and experience mm. healing in our stories? Mm, gosh, are, oh, those are deep places, aren't they? Oh, don't we know that? It's 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 so wonderful what fasting reveals to us because, you know, we fast, you know, in order to allow the Lord to come into the deeper places. And it's amazing. It can be something so small. And then once we decide with the Lord to surrender that for a season, like the next time we want it, it's like the hundred times strong. It's just so interesting. So I think, and so many times what we do is we either immediately will indulge in it or we will white knuckle it, or we will try to just kind of like get over it. But it's that hunger is our heart trying to, to tell us something about an ache, about a desire, about the deeper things. Many times it reveals, it can reveal everything from idolatry of something we had to save us other than God or a thought pattern, a negative thought pattern that was really toxic. It can be a place of deep hunger, a deep longing, of a, a, a longer for, longing for deeper intimacy that we were covering with this thing. Or even maybe when we actually face our hungers, whatever it's food or from whatever it is we're fasting from, it actually gets us in touch with our deepest hunger, which is 
eternal communion with God. And there are certain things, and we talk about that in our podcast for Lent as well, of, of um, you know, how there's, Jesus says there's only things, there are certain things that are only cast out through prayer and fasting. And it's, you know, only until we go on this journey of allowing the excavation to take place that the deeper roots are revealed. And so we don't have to be surprised at our reactions and we don't have to be like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? If, if it's aching, that's a good thing because <laughs> it's, it's telling us something, either it's telling us something of a deeper hunger in one way, or it's telling us something where I had an idol in a place where I want to grasp it to make myself comfortable, or I want it to save me, or I want to distract myself because I don't want to feel what I'm feeling right now. And all those things are such valuable tools for us to understand our hearts with the Lord because he's trying to, like we said, he's always trying to bring us into wholeness and communion and to align our hearts with him because what fasting does is fasting orders our loves and all of us have dis- disorder in our loves. And so fasting helps helps to order our loves. So then why? So then we can give the gift of ourselves. And that's the journey of, you know, even healing is not just to stop my pain. Like I'm not going on a healing journey just so my pain stops. That is one of the byproducts of healing is the trauma and the actual pain subsides over time. But really the goal is to love like Jesus. And it's so we go through these things so we can love like him. And so as he fasts, we fast and we are united to him and we get to be on a journey with him of understanding the deeper roots of our hearts and then to be able to give the gift of ourselves and love to others. And I think too, that freedom that comes with living without the shame of this is the reaction. And so I must not be good at fasting or (laughs) this must be something that I really struggle with or whatever that is, that that lie that we tell ourselves when that's the reaction, or I don't even want to listen to this part of my heart or this reaction because I'm just trying to focus on Lent and really giving space for that reaction to be and to listen to it, I think is such a different approach than than just being able to, yeah, give space for it and pay attention to it and see what the deeper thing is there. Because you, you talk about this in the book, but it's it's like God doesn't want your Dr. Pepper. God wants your heart. Mm-hmm. And, and what mm-hmm. what is that desire covering up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make a really great point there. Yeah, like that's the, if we can listen to our hearts there, that's that's exactly the 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 point of that and and the freedom that comes from that like the freedom that comes where we can have a desire for whatever it is and we don't have to be controlled by it or compelled by it that we can honor a desire in our heart and we can still say i i see this desire and you know whatever for it whatever it is and it's either good true and beautiful or it's or it's something the lord's asking us to render to me and i can honor that desire i can feel that desire with the lord and i can move through that to something much deeper you know i could feast or i could fast from you know whatever people seem like fast on from instagram and i can feast on being present to my kids when they're home after school or whatever you know what i'm saying so it's like we fast from one thing so we can feast on the deeper desire so we can feast on being present so we can feast on the word of god so it's so the lord wants to he wants to fill us but he he can't like say it like Augustine says, you know, if the Lord wants to fill us with honey, but we're full of vinegar, where's the honey going to go? Yes, you have to make space for it. I love how you structure this and remind us too that that fasting is a way of healing this relationship with ourselves. But I love how you also yeah. speak into almsgiving and how that is a, real, a, a way to help heal our relationship with others. And I love mm-hmm. this line that you wrote in the Lenten journal. And, and you said, far from just a disassociated act of, you know, quote unquote, giving and going on our way almsgiving is love. When when people hear almsgiving, I think, at least for me and my heart, there's this tendency to be like, oh, I, I just need to write the check and I just need to drop that in the, mm-hmm. the basket as it goes by. And then I can check the box for almsgiving this Lent to go deeper in almsgiving. What are some mm-hmm. concrete ways to give alms this Lenten season that goes past that just giving and going? 
Yeah, the homesgiving is a deep one. And yes, it is traditionally, you know, a tithe of money. But even Jesus, you know, when he's at the temple and he watched people put their tithe into the temple treasury. He sees all the people giving their excess and he sees the widow with her two coins. And he said, this woman gave out of her, this woman gave out of her, you know, out of her need, out of her necessity. Everybody else gave out of their excess. But he, she gave out of her need. And so really true almsgiving is, is giving out of our need. And so what it does is it's, it brings us into healing with each other. And so maybe, and maybe it is a, something that's like a, a big financial commitment to something, but more on that, we can give alms by um, being present to one another to put put your like to put our phone away and just to sit and to be present with somebody or to be present without trying to fix them or be present without trying to like make a better argument in our mind while we're listening to them like just to be present to people to listen to to go with somebody someplace that we don't really want to go but somebody really wants to go we're going to go accompany them there's ways of giving alms of, of kindness of i talked about spiritual works of mercy like there's you know we do corporal works of mercy but spiritual works of mercy one of admonishing a sinner is actually giving alms like bearing wrongs with patience Oh my gosh. And then I have a, a whole week. We have a whole week on forgiveness, which that is true almsgiving of the reconciliation with God and, and with ourselves and then the forgiveness of others. And that changes the course of human history. I mean, we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about the deep places. So there's so many ways that we can, with the Lord, have him invite us to give alms, which actually heals our relationships with our spouses, our religious communities, our families, our churches. Like this is how it works. It's, it's ground zero of our heart. Yes. Yes. And I love giving from that place of need. It, it reminds me of how the time, like time for prayer and how giving that as a gift to the Lord versus this is what my schedule looks like. And this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even thinking into the season of life that I'm in as a mom of two littles and how mm-hmm. like there's so many good parts of my, you know, that coordinated nap time where everyone's sure. asleep and, and there's mm-hmm. this, yeah, like that is prime spot for giving and how often I'm like, oh no, not that time, Lord. You could have all the other time, yes. <laughs> but not the coordinated nap time. And just mm-hmm. like like you said, like spending the Lent, truly digging into, okay, that that's something that is deeper than just, oh, my kids are both asleep and, and this is my time. That's something, mm-hmm. something deeper. And mm-hmm. yeah, and digging into that part of, of the story. For women who are reading Restore through this Lent and they're encountering wounds and they're getting to roots and they are experiencing these aches and listening to them. And maybe Easter time rolls around and they have this desire to continue. Like you said, in the beginning of our conversation, there's always someplace deeper to go in our healing. When, Mm -hmm. when it comes to continuing on that healing journey that they start with you through Restore, is there any resources that you have found particularly helpful in your own healing journey? Any resources that you'd recommend for going deeper into healing after journeying through you this with you this Lent and Restore? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so the number one book I recommend across the nation is a book by Dr. Bob Schutz and it's called Be Healed. And that is hands down the best book I've ever read on healing. And it has every component to, I mean, he's Dr. Bob Schutz is the founder of the John Paul II Healing Center. And I work extensively with him and their ministry and about, you know, every, like our spiritual lives, our emotional lives, our physical lives, our, our well-being, And it's the entire, you know, total person being brought into communion. And so um, it's a, just a wonderful book. It's got wonderful journaling questions, but it's really inviting us on like, what does wholeness look like in Christ? Where are the areas where we've experienced a lack of love or we have ruptures where we've 
identity wounds and identity lies, and then how do we come into truth there with them and with the Lord and allow those places to be transformed. And so that I would highly recommend that. And Bob has written many books on marriage. He's written books on suffering. He's written books on the sacraments. But he just released also a book this last fall called Be Restored. So it's very similar to my title, but Be Restored. And that that book is especially on sexual brokenness. And it is absolutely outstanding. And I mean, all of us are broken in our sexuality. And so if you find, especially like in your heart, where just there are some areas of deep pain in your life regarding your sexuality, I would highly recommend Be Restored. And like I said, it's a very gentle, he's so wonderful, just a very gentle and very honest journey into who we are as men and women and where we've lost our innocence and what we believe about ourselves and about our own bodies and kind of what God has made. And it has really, like I said, wonderful journaling questions. And so just to sit with one or both of those, I would recommend Be Healed first. But if but if the Lord's leading you to be restored, I would highly recommend that as well. But there's places to go and, and to have friends on the journey, a good spiritual director, a good counselor also. These are really helpful because we, we, don't, we don't heal in isolation. Yes, we heal with the Lord, but that's not isolation. But it's like, you know, the, it is, God, I believe God heals us in many different ways. The sacraments, obviously, but just, yeah, it's such a beautiful journey worth making. And God has provided so many things out there that can help us. Yes. I've been listening to a lot of Dr. Bob shoots lately. Um, Oh, oh, he's so good. And I think what, oh my goodness, this gentleness, which you spoke into, but I think that also the thing that strikes me is just, I love listening to him tell his story and how he shares about his wife and you can just, just listening to him the way that he loves her, loved her while she was was here on earth and just just the witness of the joy and steadfastness of their marriage. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It, it's beautiful. But then you also worked with Dr. Bob Schutz for a series that's on Hallow right now as well on healing. Yes, we did. I believe it's in their mental health section about um, healing. We talked about, we do talk about identity wounds and you just see healing from anxiety and the places where our hearts have been um, hurt. And so, yeah, you'll hear Bob and I each, you know, talk about different identity wounds and lead you through a prayer and a scripture meditation. And so yeah, anybody who would like to, to um, journey with us there, Bob has a podcast called restore the glory also. And so, um, yeah, that's, those are all great resources as well. They're just so wonderful. Also wonderful resource to pick up is restore. Can you tell listeners where, where they can pick up a copy? And then also there's some, there's a video series, I believe that you've done and created with Ave Maria Press to go with that Linton series. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak into, into where that find that? Sure. Yeah. So you can find Restore um, either on Amazon. You can find it on Ave Maria Press, uh, their website as well. And you can do it by yourself. You can do it as a small group study or a large group study, whatever whatever would bless you the most. And uh, there's a video that's going to accompany uh, the, every week. And so on Sunday, you can watch the video and kind of see, I give you an overview of the week and kind of where we're going to go. And you can kind of just take that as an overview as you journey day to day through the meditations and there's space for journaling in the book. And so just inviting people to make time for whatever part in their day is, is a day that is a part that works for them that can they can sit with the lord and and do these you just kind of walk through these places with their in their heart and also on our podcast abiding together we're actually going to study the restore so you can come along with us so for six weeks we're going to actually go through each chapter of the book or each section of the book and so you can join with us our private facebook group or just uh, all of our listeners you can come along with us as well so there's many different ways you can work work with restore um but the most important thing is us just allowing the lord to come and just gently encounter our hearts and and just to lead us very tenderly 
really on this journey. Mm, I'm looking forward to yeah diving into that through the Abiding Together podcast. I love the conversations that happen there. So I'm excited to see the conversations that come from working through a store. Sister, the last question that I have for you is the one that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast just to explore this idea of the feminine genius. And it's this one. How, how do you live out the feminine genius, especially given our conversation this evening as a religious sister who's inviting others into deeper conversion and healing in their own stories? I think for me, when I think of the feminine genius, the heart of it always is the the receptivity of who we are to the other. And I think it's such a sacred honor to receive others. It's a, such a sacred honor to behold others in their stories and just who they are in these magnificent creations of God. And just to be allowed to sit with them in these sacred and holy places, that is such a wonderful gift. And just to be with others and to reflect in in a small way God's love back to them and so I think we as women especially are that ferocity of our tenderness that that attentiveness that attunement that blessing of the other the the reception of the other of of seeing the goodness and reminding the other who they are that that changes those areas like change our lives like changes the whole cosmos you know and so being a woman and being able to reflect God's love that way, that's a particular way that God loves, that women reflect of that beauty, of the tenderness, of the strength, of the receptivity, the invitation, that what a magnificent journey that is. And we as women to come into these deeper realities of who we are and to give the gift of ourselves, it's each so uniquely, but as women that, that bear life, that receive life and that keep life, it's such a it's such a wonderfully sacred honor. And I, there's, I couldn't always say that in my life just because mm. of my own struggle. Um, but I can tell you that now that what a privilege, what a privilege to be a woman and to sit with people and to receive them in the deepest places of their hearts. Yes. I love the, the privilege of that is such a beautiful way mm-hmm. of putting that. Sister, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so wonderful to sit down and, and chat with you. And I'm so excited to continue this conversation with you through Restore This Lent. And thank you so much for that resource. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Chloe. It's been an honor and a delight just to be with you and God bless you and all of your listeners. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. You can check out the show notes for my conversation with Sister Miriam over at letterstowomenpodcast.com or just by scrolling down in your podcast player to browse links like where to buy a copy of Restore. And remember to use that promo code RESTORE, that word in all caps, for free standard shipping when you purchase a book from Ave Maria Press. And again, that code is good all the way through April 15th. I'm also going to link a brand new monthly newsletter that I just started up called Naptime Notes, which is aptly named since the only times that I'm able to write, record, or edit are doing those few coordinated nap times that my toddlers give me. And as I'm recording this one, I can hear one of them waking up right now. Each month, I'm going to share some of my favorite books, things that I'm listening to on repeat, like a favorite album of mine or a podcast that I've discovered to listen to, and fun things like braggable thrift store finds or tiny shifts that we're making around the Langer house that are making a big difference. You can find out more and subscribe via the show notes or on my website, letterstowomenpodcast.com. You'll also find links to the Little Catholic Box so you can check out their single boxes and make sure to use that link for the Letters to Women listeners so that you get a bonus for each month. If you're in the Kansas City area, I want to invite you to the Arise Catholic Young Adult Women's Conference on Saturday, March 5th. It's going to be a day dedicated to the feminine genius and there's going to be talks, time for reflection and prayer, some really practical tools for growing in leadership, 
mass, opportunities for confession and sisterhood and fellowship. There's lunch. I'm going to be there. And there's a vendor table for the Letters to Women podcast. So if you're coming, please swing by and say hello. And you can find more about tickets for that um, conference in the show notes as well. If the conversations that you hear on the Letters to Women podcast are something that you'd recommend to a friend and you're an Apple podcast user, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. Your comments help me shape future shows and they tell other women about the show too if they're looking for something new to listen to. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. That is all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.